everyone welcome to Pro Football Ireland um, on this April Fool's Day-ish time period. You've got a lot of pre-recording stuff. Michael McQuaid, delighted to be joined by Mark Hogan. Jason Hayes, as we get ready to celebrate April Fool's weekend. Is that even a, no, that's not even a thing, is it? Mark, do you, do you enjoy April Fool's? <laughs> Next question, not particularly. <laughs> My um, what well, God rest her with my granny's birthday, and April Fool's. So we, we always made a bit of a joke about it. I mean, Jason, April Fool's. I mean, you lads are both Cardinals fans, so I mean, there has to be some sort of no, it's our national day, I suppose, right? Instead of St. Patrick's Day a couple of weeks ago, we have uh, Cardinals Day slash first of April. I think we're all still recovering. Uh, Mark, first off, you, you did well, yeah, yeah, 100%. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was a very uh, dist- distinct response, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I feel like I have nothing else to add. I'm sorry. It's grand. Jason, how are you doing? All good? Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Th- these pre-records, <laughs> Michael, it doesn't lend to talking about your day because we've pre-recorded here and it's like, well, what what has or hasn't happened in our lives by the time this goes out, you know what I'm saying? This is in typical off-season fashion, but people are listening to this or watching this towards the weekend of April Fool's. We uh, are going to have a bit of crack in this podcast. I'm going to ask Mark to explain what we're doing in this po- podcast because I, I know we joked about this last night. So um, an April Fool's outlandish LOL joke podcast. Is, is, is that correct, Mark? I think the joke might be um, tough. I suppose, yeah, last year I had a tweet. Um, you know, it was actually when we did our predictions for who would get into the Super Bowl. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, when you say it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings versus, I don't know, who was doing well in the AFC, I suppose no one was giving the Cincinnati Bengals a chance. But it kind of seems outlandish at the time to say that the Giants, Vikings and Eagles were all going to get to the playoffs and the Bucks and um, Rams and Packers were going to have as abysmal seasons as they did. But when you have a tweet like that out, um, it's hard to, you know, when it becomes so abundantly clear in December, no one gives you credit for having it. So we're going to make some bold predictions, you could call them, in April. But doing it in April by default will make us absolute idiots because this is there's so much to happen in between that um, we could look very foolish. So we are the April Fools. We are the April Fools. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um do you want to go first, Mark? Then, if you've do you want to give us <laughs> your? Because I'm I'm scared to say mine. I'm really scared to say mine. Jeez, uh, I have a few. I don't know which way I want to angle it, but uh, maybe I'll start off. I think that we will see regression from Derrick Henry this year. Um, why that's outlandish because why he's such a, a staple of the NFL at this point, but we don't know if he's going to get traded. It looks like they're they'd be interested in moving on what you get from probably a second round pick or something for the, but I don't know, maybe the Titans have convinced themselves that they're going to be more competitive. Their moves in free agency were just a tad better than probably many of the fans expecting. It's like, Oh, we're not blowing this up, even though we definitely have the worst roster in the FC. But when it comes to Derek Henry last year, he was the number two, uh, rusher in the league after Josh Jacobs the year before that he was ninth, even though he played what, 10 games less than everyone else because he got an injury the year before that he was the number one the year before that he was number one the year before that he was number seven guy um and that's when he split a backfield with Dion lewis so i didn't know was i going to say less than a thousand yards or just drops out completely of the top 10 but i suppose the point is being made based on his usage um like he, he just runs the ball way too much. The only guy that I could really compare him to was Adrian Peterson. And when I was comparing him to Adrian Peterson, I brought up 
their numbers to see like you know how the sausage has been made essentially and adrian pearson the usage that he got never he never had as much carries in four years the last four years that is with um with derrick henry he never had as many carries in a four-year spell henry has had more carries than him and he's done in four games less because one adrian peterson had shorter seasons and two or you know the season that we've obviously tacked on a game now and two derrick henry missed eight games of a season there in 2021 and still had a ton of he still had 237 touches in his eight games which is absolutely insane because guys go a whole year number one running backs go a whole year and don't get that kind of usage so i think the thread in the tires is wearing thin we did see that he got that um injury already and again to compare to adrian peterson he had a nine-year dominance in the nfl in his year eight season and this is derrick henry's year eight season he only played one game because he got injured straight away so derrick henry still looks like a beast and that's why i think this is somewhat outlandish and um, when i compare it to adrian peterson again adrian peterson did have a five-year spell with an awful lot of touches but i am um, just for derrick henry he's featured so heavily in the nfl that running backs it's not typical anymore for them to last as long i think we're going to see some aggression from him yeah, what what also makes that uh, a possible scenario as well is often lately there's not much signs that a running back will regress. It's not like a gradual decline. We've seen so many running backs in recent years just drop off a cliff one year to another. Um, whether that's Ezekiel Elliott, who was dominating for a few years there and he's just really struggling these past couple of years. Um, going back a bit further, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, these are all guys who are top of their game, uh, dominating week in, week out, and seemingly out of the blue, they just lack performance altogether um, uh, the following season. So I can see it happening, if especially with his the wear and tear and the usage he's had over these last few years. But I will say, if there's anyone going to buck that trend, it could be Derrick Henry because he's built like no other running back I've ever seen. So maybe he's naturally built to withstand more of this damage and um, will last a bit longer than these other guys. But I definitely see where you're coming from in terms of a star running back just disappearing into the abyss, seemingly out of nowhere. Do you know what? You're dead right with the size of uh, Derrick Henry. That's why I was kind of like, oh, do I really want to go on record with this point? But you you mentioned really actually interesting about you don't see this regression coming. To the eye, he was fantastic last year and he was fantastic the year before, before he got injured. But Derrick Henry's yards per carry has dropped off a yard in, in 2020 when he had that massive season, the 2K year. He was on five and a half well, 5.4 yards per touch. The year before, he was on, I think, 5.3. And he's down to 5.4, or sorry, 4.4, 4.3 yards a touch. That's happened in the last two years. So that regression actually is there. He's dropped off a whole yard. And that's kind of like average top running back yardage now, whereas he was like supreme historic number or levels of production. So maybe the regression has slowly kind of crept into his game. Um, Yeah, who's to say, though? We are obviously recording this towards the end of March, and you know by the time this has went out, Derek Henry, I'm not saying it will happen, but you know there is a potential there that he could be treated. Or the Titans maybe waiting for a, a special draft night surprise, treating one of their best players, and seeing how that goes. And went down well last year for them. I think it's a fascinating discussion that you boys have had in regards to 
what we could expect from him next year, I, I would say the reality is looking at the depth chart, like, you know, they're going to have to bring somebody in. If they're trading at 11, uh, or if they're picking at 11, sorry, in the NFL draft, you, you got to look a bit at, I can't pronounce this last name, Bijan Robinson from Texas. He's, I'm not saying he's like the most like Derrick Henry guy in the draft, but you watch some of his tape and you could see him integrating that offense. It's a it's a strange year for them because obviously you wonder who's going to be QB one week one, um would they have more value getting rid of him now and trading for you know trading Derek Henry while he's probably at his most profitable that he's going to be for the rest of his career, um let's see I'm scared to tell you mine in a minute now because that was a really decent discussion mine's just a no so interesting Jason do you want to give us your amazing prophecy slash bull prediction slash April Fool. Yeah, cool. Um, so I think the Philadelphia Eagles reached the Super Bowl last year. Many pundits say they've one of the best rosters in recent NFL history, which is true. It was just it's completely stacked. Um, but I don't see a repeat. Um, in fact, I'm going to say that they will they won't reach double digit wins in in 2023 oh. NFL season. Oh, he's crazy. <laughs> he's I can crazy. just picture Nick Sirianni crying right now just for the TikTok, you know, just the whole thing. I, Why, I, wanted, like... to go, I wanted to go more extreme and say no playoffs, but the NFC as a whole is just such a mess right now that that's just not going to happen. So this is as extreme as I can go. Um, I'm going to try to justify it now. So the Eagles last year really benefited from big free agent acquisitions and trade acquisitions over the last recent years. Uh, they've gotten guys like James Bradbury, AJ Brown, Hassan Reddick, Darius Slay. None of that was through the draft. That was all Howie Roseman working his magic in uh, trade and free agency. This year, they're in a different position. They aren't able to keep acquiring and keep adding weapons to their team. This year, they're trying to hold on to what they can. And they've done well to hold on to some of those big names. But they have lost quite a few guys like Javon Hargrave, Isaac Samalu. TJ Edwards, Gardner Johnson, a few other starters there as well, like Kazir White and um, uh, safety, uh, Marcus Epps. So they've lost quite a few starters and they've also lost Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, their two coordinators. It's actually the first team in 30 years to lose both coordinators in one offseason. And with that, they've lost many other uh, personnel on their staff uh, that, that those guys have brought with them. So that's a lot of losses and they've managed to keep some of it, but they're really going to be relying on the draft to fill the holes that they've lost um, in free agency and not being able to get those big names in the trade. And looking at Howie Roseman's draft history, it's by no means bad, but few occasions where he will get those uh, first round picks that are going to instantly plug and perform from day one. It has taken some guys a small bit longer and they're going to be hoping some of that 2022 draft class will take a step to, to fill some of these holes. Um, but dependent on whether that happens, I can see a, a quite a big drop-off compared to last season. Another layer onto that is looking at their schedule last year. 14-3 and three is nothing to be knocked, but um, there wasn't a whole lot of big teams they beat in that run. They were also one of the most healthy teams in the NFL. So next year, not being able to add these big names, playing a more difficult schedule, 
and uh, maybe not being so lucky in terms of roster health and losing coaching staff as well. I don't think it's going to be an easy transition and I don't think it's a simple case of reloading and they're going to be charging for another Super Bowl. I think there's a lot more work there um, to be done to be as successful as last year. I think them keeping Broadbury and Slay is massive. I, I really do. I... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away mine yet, but you'll you'll laugh in a minute because it has some relevance to to what you've just said. Um I think if they can try and I, I know you can't fill in as many blanks as possible, but in the draft, if they look at the linebacker position and they look at the safety position and try and prioritize that, I feel that with some of the people or some of the teams, sorry, that they're facing in 2023, especially the NFC East um and also the NFC South. I think they play the Bucks division. I think where I'm sitting right now, I've, I think the Cowboys will win the NFC East, but I think the Eagles will probably, what you said, they'll probably get closer to 10 and they can make a playoff. And I just don't think you can write off that offense, especially if it gels quickly. It's it's a real new dawn for the mark. Um, and that point of, you know, when you lose two coordinators is real. It's, it's, it's not going to be easy for them, but you could see an Eagles team that have still got a lot of those pieces find a way back towards the top again. Yeah, it's kind of... No, it's like it it shows obviously what Kansas City has done to set itself up, but equally, like I know they were there was a lot of short term moves there with like kind of those quick hit free or not even quick quick hit trades that they just had for guys like the likes of um CJ Gardner and uh the, the pass rush that they added to, but like no one poached from the Chiefs this year, and I think that kind of sums up the point of like how top heavy like who, who did they lose obviously they lost them um, well they lost frank clark and they lost um the orlando brown but i don't know it just it, it does show just how strong that team was and how tough it is to lock up a team like that that uh, like i i think that the eagles would be okay because i think i think i'll touch on it later on is what i think i'll do uh because i i have a point and it'll, it'll be relevant but um i i'd be surprised i think I think you're dead right about them losing the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. But I think Jalen Hurts might be better. He might be what he was in 2022. And, you know, that was kind of what people were circling as, wait, is he actually this good? And he still is on that rookie contract, to be fair. And that's allowing them to, to keep more guys than they might be able to in another scenario. Um, so I, I, they, they'll still be competitive, but I just think there's going to be a bit more of a drop-off than... Um, what people are perhaps predicting right now. And when it comes to, and they're, they're going to tie themselves, or they have tied themselves to the Tennessee Titans, um, with AJ Brown elevating everyone else in that offense, it's kind of like, well, the Titans were able to make the playoffs year in, year out, and were able. To, so when you actually reined in from saying they won't make the playoffs, I do definitely expect the, the Eagles to be able to make the playoffs because even despite the talent that they won, they might have needed all those bells and whistles because they look so dominant this year that it might be tougher, a tougher road for them to get back to the Holy Land. But um, I still think that'd be very competitive, personally. I think the Eagles as well to add on that are, are in a conference which is you know even with certain players moving in the offseason I think the NFC and AFC are two completely different beasts and and I'll talk about this in a second but I think the division that they're in at the minute um, we don't know what's going on in Washington who's going to be QB1 realistically right now come come week one we'll, we'll see what happens after the draft um, and that brings me into my April Fool slash bowl prediction and that's the New York Giants. Um what the New York Giants done last year was 
nothing short of stunning. I, I'd like to find the man or woman that had money on them to make the playoffs. Uh, Betting-wise, it wasn't the Giants fan or wasn't living in New Jersey or New York last year. Um, I've been very down on Daniel Jones over recent years. Um, and certainly last year was a major improvement. My prediction is that the Giants will flop and finish fourth in the NFC East next season. Um, and originally, uh, I, I'll, I'll show the document after this. I actually have the Eagles going to the NFC Championship game, but we, we, we already talked about the Eagles here, so we'll, we'll, not, we'll not go too far into it. I, um, I would be concerned to the point of this. You know, the Giants with Wink Martindale went heavy, heavy on that defense at the start of the season. And in the second part of the season, when they started to struggle, you could see teams had worked Wink's defense out. The Giants got through to the playoffs and then faced the Vikings. And that was a really, really poor showing from the Vikings. And then they went to Philadelphia and they were completely humbled. And, you know, you look at Daniel Jones and obviously if you're looking at on paper, he had a career best year by a country mile. The only thing that he still leads in terms of the NFL is... Uh, fumbles in 2019 and fumbles in 2020. I, if you told somebody in New York the day before week one started in 2022 that Daniel Jones would be signing a four-year, $160 million deal, they would have said, you're arse, you're arse. I think Dable's done an incredible job and he's given Daniel Jones that much-needed confidence. But this season is going to go one of two ways. Either they're going to go and win the NFC East or they're going to completely flatline and I just have a feeling they're going to flatline like it seems like imagine us boys are all out for Paddy's day and we have a few pints and we're sitting at 3 o'clock come 7 o'clock we're like yeah it's a great crack come 11 o'clock we're having a night of our lives and then before you know it it's 7am in the morning and the hangover starts um, this this year is the year of, of the hangover and I I hope it isn't because I think if it does come to that and the Giants forget about where they finish in the NFC so the Giants were to miss the playoffs now in the state that the NFC is in but more so what they done last year with that team that yes was built a, a bit around Joe Sheehan and Brian Dable's wants and needs but they've now had an additional 12 months I think that's a shocking shocking situation so the the pressure's on every team in this league but there is no doubt in my mind that the pressure now is massively on Daniel Jones and the New York Giants and I don't see a way back for any of those lads if they don't make the playoffs in that division in 2023 am I crazy is that even is, is that a bold prediction it is isn't it yeah I'm being, uh, am I being harsh lads tell me I think um, they've they've raised expectations themselves like it's self-inflicted higher expectations now off the back of overachieving so much last year in a way if if they went 4 and 13 5 and 12 last year nobody would have really batted an eye and they would say okay give Dabo time and then there might be gradual improvement this year but now with that playoff run last year expectations will be this year to take the next step and go even further again um where he was overachieving to begin with so again i can see i can see room for teams adjusting you know, he was getting good production out of Daniel Jones and he managed to cash that in, as you said. Um, but with with their opponents adjusting more to what Dable is doing with Jones, maybe be more expected of what they're going to do. Um, it might be a tougher task. But I, yeah. I don't know about them bottoming out. I think they'll still beat Washington. See, it, it actually it saves me time later on. They went toe-to-toe with Washington to get that spot last year. Like, if it wasn't for a missed penalty at the end of a game, two weeks after they had tied, 
like it could have been Washington that got that um, and Washington were supposed to be no fair shakes themselves last year yet the Giants still went very very close went right down to the wire whether they would or wouldn't get into the playoffs so that was with everything going right so naturally you'd say there's going to have to be some regression because the bounce of the ball like we just mentioned with the Philadelphia Eagles being so injury free last year the bounce of the ball went in their favor every single way it seemed last year so I do expect because you know to get that fortune and, tw- and don't get me wrong it's not all fortune i think that what brian devil did has to get credit but it's not like they've blown the doors off with this free agency like they are just trying to run it back again and they won't have the benefit of going in kind of as the the underdog etc like that there will be weight of expectation let's see how daniel jones himself deals with it now because last year they were just written off the whole time if they don't get off to a hot start you know the sky's going to be falling for new york giants fans have we got time to go through one more merry-go-round here? Mark, do you want to go first? Jeez, I'm regretting that I have pages of notes written out now. I'm going to have to uh, get to now. But bouncing off that Giants, so I basically had what I would call a bolder point than your own. You said that the Giants, the bottom might fall out of them. I said seven teams won't make it back. Half the playoff teams won't make it back next year. Um, so I would say safe are the Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Eagles, Jags, and 49ers. Um, I don't know if the LA Chargers are going to get back. They obviously are facing increased competition from the AFC West, whether one of the Denver Broncos or Las Vegas Raiders does stand up this year. You expect one of them. But last year, they got in off the back of Justin Herbert, like just being a fantastic quarterback. And it does show the likes of Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. You know, the FC has all these fantastic quarterbacks there, even Trevor Lawrence, that they are elevating the team. But um, they have no notable signings. It looks like... Um, Austin Eckler is back out again. Kellen Moore does intrigue me, but does he add enough to gloss over? I mean, you know, they just had a scapegoated offensive coordinator in my eyes. Um, And then alternatively, like the Jets are, you know, who I could see taking their wildcard spot. Uh, The Ravens, if they don't have Lamar, is a team who I just think the window completely shuts, so they don't get there for me. The books I might talk about more in a minute, but I do think obviously they're going to face increased competition from the New Orleans Saints, who are the ones that have a genuine quarterback uh, running. And then Carolina might get done this year, but you know, if you listen to the podcast, how I, how I am on that team, the Giants we just discussed, the Vikings are going to get serious competition from the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. And even if one of them wins the division, I do think that perhaps the other of these two that I'm talking about now, we get in via Waltz. Hard to knock someone out later on, but um, we I have absolutely loved the Giants' free agency. I just I think they hit on all the points that I hit or wanted them to, and and more in our uh, free agency preview. They just like went hard in on the defensive backs, getting you know CJ Gardner Johnson, getting Cam Sutton, getting Emmanuel Mosley. They lost Jamal Williams and replaced him with David Montgomery himself and GJ or uh, DeAndre Swift is going to be one of the best backfields in the in the league next year. It's insane. Um, DJ Chark is out to tender still uh, as we record this for free agency. So we were saying that the offense was already winning a lot of games. I don't think they've taken too much regression there. The defense has surely um, shored itself up a little bit. And then when it comes to Chicago, I think their offense is going to be class. I cannot wait for Chase Claypool and J- DJ Moore. Like, 
they were just, they were completely missing a threat last year, and now they have two. I know Chase Claypool was there for a few games, but he can go into the number two role, and DJ Moore is going to be there. I think it's going to be absolutely nuts. Uh, again, Dante Foreman, listen to how I raved about him. I want him to go back to the Panthers. I think he's a really solid running back, even though um, they did lose Montgomery. And then I will quickly sum up this point by saying... Um, there's a fantastic article on the 33rdteam.com talking about how the last couple of years, the team that has spent the most in free agency actually does hit very fast because they have all these top players. So the last two being the Jags and Patriots went to the playoffs that year that um, they they have spent a bit, I suppose, and I think the Bears will get there. And for a bit of shock value, I'll throw in, I'm not sold on the Cowboys this year. I thought they were a very mediocre team last year by the end of it. Um, they've added Brandon Cooks, who is a solid now 29-year-old wide receiver. He's been good for a 1,000 yards most years, but it's like, why has he bounced around with the Saints, Patriots, Rams, Texans? Now he's on to another team. Um, like I said, he is 29 years old and he only plugs the hole that is left by Dalton Schultz leaving. Um, so those are my teams that I think aren't so safe. And I'd have to pick another between the Seahawks and Dolphins then. And I would say the Seahawks, I think, will be pretty safe. They've done well. But uh, the Dolphins, if they f- face increased competition from the Jets as well. Whew, what what, what <laughs> odds can we get on... And this, Sorry, Jason, this rolls into that point of mine. What odds could we get Naren Rodgers potentially joining the Jets and missing the playoffs and Jordan Love leading the Packers? I rejuvenated young free agency slash draft pick Packers, especially in the offensive side of the ball, to the NFC North Championship. Can someone give me the odds on that? I don't think you'll get the odds yet, but I like, I mean, they were they were a quarterback away last year, right? That, like, that has to be it. They were only a quarterback away. Well, they've trimmed the fat now massively. You know, like hypothetically, if we're saying Rogers is out at the time of recording, we're waiting on this to be confirmed. We don't know if it's going to be confirmed with love before the draft or not in terms of being QB1. They've let a lot of guys go. I think there's only seven at the time of recording free agents left. That's my crazy bull prediction. The Packers find a way because we're talking about the Detroit Lions here and the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Lions... Or everyone thinks they're going to improve, like uh, like including yourself. Everyone reckons that the Bears are going to be top banana with um, Chisleypool and more there as well. But uh, I've just got a feeling that Jordan Love balls out. I don't know what it is. Like it, They'll probably finish fourth and lose 10 games, but I'm just going to use this audio part now to say, why can't the Packers win the NFC North in 2023? Okay, it could why be not? the NFC East. It could, like those, it could be last year, obviously we thought who well the Giants Cowboys you know and the Eagles were going to the playoffs I could definitely see the uh, NFC or the NFC North being that this year that maybe the Vikings take a step back but I, I think they can all coexist very well next year the way it sets up Jason have you got yeah. one for us mate um, for I'll kind of build on what you just said there Michael because it's one of the ones I'd written down was um, can you tell me lads what, what, why is the year 1982 significant in the eyes of Packers fans? The last time they didn't have one of the big three quarterbacks, is it? It was the last time they reached the playoff without Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. Oh. So Lynn Dickey oh, was oh. their quarterback back then. 41 um, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was 1991 was the last time. They enter the season without either of those two guys leading the way at quarterback. Um, Don Majkowski was their quarterback then. So that's 
essentially 31 years of stability at quarterback and having a top-tier franchise guy leading the way. It's just unprecedented for an organization to have that stability for so long. Um, But my April Fool's is that I think that's going to continue for another 15 years with Jordan Love at quarterback. And there's not a there's not a whole lot to base this on, but I'm just going to use my detective skills here to try and... Uh, <laughs> Did you see his tape, Jason, from like the start of March when he was out and he was doing, I think there was three or four videos of him just tape, like he's getting guys booked in, like like every player is, don't get me wrong, no league, but he's certainly operating like a QB one at the minute, but have you seen the tape of him throwing the ball? I mean, sweet Jesus, I'd, I'd have him in Denver right now, personally. <laughs> yeah, and like uh, he, it's a very small sample size. In the past three years, he's been in the league three years, he's had three touchdowns and three interceptions. Um. But last year he came in against the Philadelphia Eagles and I I looked up the just says he only had nine pass attempts. So again, it's very small sample size I'm working off here. But he looked brilliant. Like he had six completions, something like 110 or so yards and a touchdown. And if it wasn't for Eagles scoring again, he almost led a mini comeback there against uh, the team that went on to, to reach the Super Bowl. Um so he he's definitely been progressing in the background and with how much the Green Bay front office and coaching staff seemingly want to move on from Aaron Rodgers, who's won two MVPs in the last few years. They must know that they have a guy they want to get out there and they're, that's ready to get out there. Even Aaron Rodgers himself said on the Pat McAfee show, which I'm sure you were watching, it seems like everyone in the NFL community was watching that one. Um, he said something like, uh, you know, great kid and he's going to be a great effing player. Something along those lines. It's tough to read when Aaron Rodgers is being completely authentic, but that did seem authentic. And um, with Aaron Rodgers believing in him, the Green Bay front office and coaching staff strongly believing in him, and just these flashes, whether it's a training tape, as you said, Michael, or what he did last year against the Eagles compared to what he was doing a couple of years ago against the Chiefs when he looked lost out there. He's definitely progressing in the background. And just based off those indications, I think they could have someone. And I'm excited to see if that's is the case and if they can somehow transition between two franchise quarterbacks onto another one will definitely be interesting to watch let me throw some uh, petrol on the ground and then let a match here what about the LA Rams having an absolute beezer of a season Matthew Stafford when resigning on the MVP uh, they run the way of the NFC West and getting to the NFC Championship game against the Eagles next year. Would you like that, lads? I know, I know he's with Cardinals fans, but uh, everyone's talking about how Stafford is either a pillar of the organization or, as Michael Lombardi said on Pat McAfee last week, he's gone or they, they want him out, but the whole, I think it's like 55 million or something's guaranteed. Yes, they've had injuries. Yes, we went through the whole of last summer not knowing if he was even going to play, but you could bring in OBJ. You still got Cooper Cup and Alan Robinson there and Van Jefferson and the defense which can hold up. So am I mad to think that they can't go on a run again, boys? And Cronky can have one last laugh in glory or are they just fully in cap hell and I should shut up? They just offloaded all their defensive talent, which makes it very difficult. Like Draft, Mark. Draft. You don't just draft the Jalen Ramsey, though. You don't just draft (laughs) them. picks. I don't even know what their draft picks. That's a good point, <laughs> actually. I'll, I'll double-check that now. But, uh, I mean, if, if if you still have Aaron Donald, I think you've always got a chance. Obviously, yeah, you need to have two or three more players there. But in terms of the, the Rams and the draft picks in 2023... I mean, they, they have Cooper Cope, but... They have 12 you know, draft um, picks in the draft. But, uh, well, they're after re- recouping some, but how high is their 
if how is their first one i don't so think i'm gonna put this in the chat on this recording right so they've got picking yeah, the second round too so th that's the problem like they don't have a first rounder like the 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 you know the war chest is pretty dry there uh, they've gotten some back through trading phenomenal players like they didn't get a haul for ramsey when they potentially could have and um, they just released fantastic talent then as well that like you know you mentioned Alan robertson or Ro robinson there on the offense but like he was useless last year so even though we know we knew him as a big name you know that he he asked to get traded back out and you know i don't think there's been a market there for him so i think it's very difficult like last year it would seem to be that there was a, a lack of passion uh, is why the, the team failed as a whole but this year i just think the roster isn't even close to what i'd be and Stafford himself last year didn't look like the player of the year before and not sure what age he is exactly now but it's it's kind of unlikely to have a down year like that and then bounce back and um, progress again he was inaccurate I don't know is it something to do with his dodgy elbow the offensive line was a mess I know me and Mark are just berating you here as Cardinals fans maybe we're hoping more than um, believing this but <laughs> no, I do think that that Rams team wasn't even close to what they were on that Super Bowl year. They were shocking um, last year. They, they were shocking. You, you, you just spot yeah. on. Like, they were absolutely shocking last year. I, and I just don't see at this point what moves they've made to indicate it'll be better. If anything, I think it's going to be worse. Like, getting rid of Leonard Floyd helped, obviously, for um, Aaron Donald. Getting rid of Bobby Wagner. Like, you know, it, it definitely helped Aaron Donald that there was fantastic players around him and Aaron Donald himself, fantastic as he is, he seems to be playing for the paycheck now because he keeps on saying each year I'm going to retire until he gets a paycheck. Like I thought he, did, I thought he did retire for a minute. You sent me a... He retired during, was it the playoffs? And he updated his bio. He said former NFL player and then yeah. he removed it. But sure, we, we've had this whole... You know, will Sean McVeigh, will Sean McVeigh, yes or no, leave or not leave? Um, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm just saying in the division that they're in, but this this is the beauty about the league. We can't predict anything this year. You, you can never predict anything. But you have to argue with uh, a rebuild in Arizona with we don't know who's going to be QB1 at the time of recording in San Fran and with Geno Smith getting a big contract in Seattle, all granted they can go out within a year. That division is going to be interesting to watch. So I'm just merely stating that you know, little star terms and conditions. Is there anything else that anybody wants to add on to this in terms of crazy predictions? My crazy prediction, seeing as I've done it up now, will be a bit quicker. But um, Tampa Bay's passing game will regress and they won't be top 10. And you're saying, well, why is that surprising? It's not just because Tom Brady's gone. It's not just because Bruce Arians is gone. If you look, this is nuts when I, when I found these numbers. Since... 2017, when they drafted Chris Godwin to go along with Mike Evans, they've been top four in the NFL every single year. So when's that? One, two, three, four, five, six years. All right. In that era, they've been the number one three times. They've been second twice and then fourth once. Tampa Bay's offense has been absolutely insane ever since they drafted Jameis Winston, you could say, to just throw the ball and throw the ball and be intercepted and throw the ball again and probably be intercepted once more. So I think there's been a lot of change and it does come down to Baker Mayfield hasn't proven that he can be just literally a baller or whatever. Um, 
I do think that there was kind of padded stats there because of the Tom Brady effect, because Todd Munkins was such a pass heavy guy that they had set up there. They obviously now have changed the um, offensive coordinator since um, our guy, Byron Leff, which former Cardinals guy has been changed with uh, Dave Canales, who was the quarterbacks coach for Seattle last year. So obviously they're hoping that he can and bring Baker Mayfield up to speed next year. But that has been an insanely pass-favorable offense. And the other reason that I think it's for is Mike Evans might be taking a step back. We saw how difficult it was for him to get a touchdown last year with Tom Brady, of all people. So how that team is going to operate with Baker Mayfield, I don't know how they've kept the team in place. Like I said about the salary cap on our last episode. But I think that even though they've kept a lot of those pieces in place, the offense might be abysmal to watch and they've also been really poor running the ball they're always 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 like basement and including the worst running game last year and now they've lost Leonard Fournette like they don't have a true running back you know a true um, bruiser there anymore so I expect uh, a poor a poor product from that Tampa Bay offense this year Hmm. Jason, have you, have you anything else that you want to add on this? Because I know we've all looked at this. I mean, he bringing up a, re- a really good point there. Obviously, White's yeah. the lead running back in, in, in Tampa Bay and you chase Edmonds and that's about it. And that's stretching. Like, Yeah, definitely. I, I won't be calling you a, an April fool on that one, Mark. I, I fully agree that it'll be tough. Like, they've struggled enough last year on offense. Um, and I was with Tom Brady. I know he's aging, but it's still Tom Brady and he's still capable of running a unit and being efficient in what he does. Baker Mayfield has been very sloppy the last few years. He actually looked all right for the Rams at times last year, but um, oh yeah, I don't see a scenario where they're keeping up those numbers unless it's simply padding stat, uh, passing stats when they're down in the fourth quarter and they're getting some yardage through that avenue. Um, but definitely it'll be tough to maintain that top five or ridiculous streak that they've been on. I had no idea they were that much of a powerhouse passing. That's I'll insane. be releasing that graphic sometime during the off season because when I find <laughs> these numbers, sometimes like I have to get them out before before someone else realizes they exist. I that's that's mad though, like because like there's some games you watch uh, the Bucks last year, especially that Panthers game, you're going no, and obviously at the time of recording, Brady hasn't decided to come back yet, so it's grand. Have we any other like mad like even flow it out right now? I mean, in terms of what I've written down here, um, no Giants to flop. Jordan Love to win the oh, NFC North um, I'm not sure how much I believe this one, but I think there's going to be a bit of NFL history being made next year. I think for the first time ever, an entire division is going to make the playoffs. And I think the AFC East is the division that's going to do that. Oh, wow. You think so, the Pages is going to make the playoffs with Mac Jones? That's my, big, that's my biggest concern with that prediction, to be honest. But... I'm just hoping Bill Belichick can't stand being out of the playoffs for two years in a row and has manufactured some sort of comeback there. Uh, they have added Juju Smith, who hopefully will help um, Mac Jones come along. Mike Jasicki, who I think's probably been a very underrated tight end with the Dolphins. He wasn't particularly much of a fit for that scheme. So in New England, I think the upgrade from John U. Smith, who just didn't pan out at all, to Mike Jasicki will definitely help. Uh, and just hopefully putting guys like that around Mac Jones should help him improve in terms of the Jets. Basing this on Aaron Rodgers going there and pairing Aaron Rodgers with Robert Sala, hopefully they can um, 
get things going there and improve on last year when they so ch- showed such positive signs. Bills, don't need to talk about them. Although I do think they might regress a bit because they, they did look a bit dodgy down the stretch, but they're going to make the playoffs. And the Dolphins have Jalen Ramsey to help put him across from Xavier Howard. Huge addition. But more importantly, I think Vic Fangio is the biggest addition for the Dolphins and he's going to be running that unit, which struggled a bit last year. Um, so if Tua is healthy, if the offense can pick up where they left off with Tua and Vic Fangio gets that defensive side into shape, I think that's four good teams. And key to this prediction as well is the fact that the AFC East is playing against the AFC West next year, which is a strong division. But um, being a strong division, that's the opportunity for them to separate themselves from the West. If they can all beat up on the Chargers, Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. Um, if they can beat up on the Chargers, you know, Raiders, Broncos, sorry, Michael, um, that's going to create a bit of separation between the East and the West. With the North, you have the Ravens. It's up in the air what they're doing with Lamar. I think the Bengals will reach. Um, uh, South, Jaguars should reach. But other than that, the division leaves a lot to be desired. So I think with those three division winners and the entire AFC East, I think we could be looking at a bit of NFL history next year. You, ha- you had me so bought into this happening until you actually went into the schedules. And that breaks my heart that the you two best divisions... The two best divisions now, the FC West and the FC East, probably the two best divisions in football, are going to be playing one another, which that is the exact scenario that a a weaker team will get in because they're able to pick on the likes of the Cardinals or the Rams all year long. So that actually might be the undoing of your point, which would be a real shame. Um, But I'm really interested that you said Vic Fangio for the Miami Dolphins because I think equally as interesting and I think it's my entire interest in the New England Patriots is Bill O'Brien and what impact he's going to make for the offense it's funny with Mike Jacecki you wouldn't have said Bill O'Brien was a big tight end guy in Houston but yeah how he's able to bring the, the whole offense in together or maybe maybe it goes buzzed but I'd have a lot of faith in him um, elevating the the offense something that was better than last year and then we know that that defense is a beast with Bill Belichick always last year included it's funny because like you know, we're talking there about the Patriots uh, Belichick's only missed the playoffs four times in his time in New England 2002 08 and 2020 but five times now isn't it so 21 as well have I got that correct no they no they got to the playoffs and they got demolished, wasn't it? What year was that? Was that 19 or 21? That they got absolutely destroyed. 21, wasn't it? Yeah, because I, I was going to come out with this big, like, fantastic stat saying that the Patriots have never under Balachek went three years in a row. I don't think Mac Jones and the Patriots make the playoffs, even if at the time of recording they do bring somebody like DeAndre Hopkins in. I just don't think it's going to... I don't think it's going to happen. I think you look at the AFC North. I think if the Steelers get more protection for Kenny Pickett in the draft, uh, or even in free agency over the next few weeks, I think I think a team like the Steelers have got a better chance personally. But uh, I would be intrigued to see any team, sorry, any division get all four teams through. I mean, we we talked a lot about the AFC West at the start of the previous season, um, and sort of seeing firsthand. I I think at least what at least you'll you'll see a you'll see a repetition again. I think you'll see at least two teams one or two teams falter a bit. Um, I think the Raiders would be one of them. I'm not sure if the Broncos would be one or it could be the Chargers. But it's too early in the year to have this conversation for me. I just, I, I have to believe that the, F- like, that the Broncos are going to win the AFC West by five games. So 
I, I can't think of anything else. Any final points anybody, anybody wants to make before we all get back to our day jobs? Nope, back to the day job we go. We got us out of here and we go. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> lads, I will chat to you soon. Obviously, appreciate your time. You can follow us all. Our social medias are in the bio. If you're listening to this, please do hit the subscribe button. Plenty more content coming, obviously, ahead of the NFL drafts as well at the end of April. Um, from Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Justin his. Lads, thanks a million. Chat to you soon.